Well, good morning, Grace Hills. Hey, you excited to be in church this morning? (laughs) Hey, I'm excited to be here today. We're going to get going today. You know, we live in a world that is right now in an epidemic of stress, of worry, um, of unsettledness about the future. I don't know if you've experienced that. I've experienced that, right? Where we're, we, we have an epidemic of this just heaviness sometimes in our heart. And this heaviness of things that we, we carry. We carry a lot of weight. And what I want to talk to you about today and what we're going to shift about today is this. Is that there is a lot of weight that we carry that we were never intended to carry. There's a lot of things that we, we try to take with us and a lot of things that we think that we're the people that got to handle it, that we're the people that got to hold these things together. There's situations in our life and we feel like we got to carry this. And there's a lot of weight that we were never intended to carry, that we were never created to carry, that we were never able to carry, but yet some way we feel like it's our duty. You ever been there? And when you carry a lot of weight that you were not created to carry, it leads you to a place of stress, right? It leads you to a place of brokenness. It leads you to a place of anxiety, of worry, of fear, because we're carrying things that you were never created or intended to carry. So I I brought this sack up here as an illustration today. Uh, We're in Bentonville, so we love Walmart, right? And so uh, Walmart sack. It's a great thing, right? When you get a sack and you put, some, you put some groceries in it, it's a great thing. Now, the detriment to me was when they came out with the, um, with like the self-checkout thing. Because here's what I end up doing. I don't know if you do this. Um, but I end up getting one of these sacks at the self-checkout. And I load it up with about 53 things inside of it when you're supposed to put like two or three in it. I don't know why. Like I think I'm going to save Walmart money by using two sacks instead of 10. But like I'll load this thing up and I'll put it in my, the back of my car. Right, and then yesterday, this literally happened. I was carrying in groceries yesterday into the house, and I was like trying to carry two bags with about uh, fifty things in them. And I get about halfway across the the yard, and I start to feel. You know how you can tell when the bag's starting to rip, and it's like. Oh shoot, it's about to happen. But I got both hands, so I can't like grab it. And so then I started doing like, I was doing like the normal walk and then I started doing like the real fast walk, you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> Trying to get in and about halfway across my lawn, it rips at the bottom and like groceries all over the lawn. And, uh, and so Casey came out and she's like, what did you do? And I'm like, I don't know. And, uh, and it was funny because I think about it this way. Like this sack was made to carry a certain amount of weight right, is made to carry a certain amount of things. And when we put too much in this sack and we try to put too much weight in it, it begins to get stressed, begins to pull, begins to rip, gets damaged, and then it ends up being broken because we tried to use it for something that it was never created or never intended to do. And I would say it to you this way this morning is this, is that I think in our lives, So many times we carry so many things that we were never created to carry. There's worries, there's fears, there's things about the future, there's there's questions that we have, and we carry so much, right, that we are never created to do. And what that ends up doing is in our life emotionally and physically, it begins to fray us at the edges, right? It begins to tear in our emotions, And it begins to tear in our minds and begins to pull us apart to where we live this life of stress and brokenness and worry and fear because we're carrying things, right, that we were never meant to carry. And if we're honest, here's what else I'd tell you is this, is that I bet the majority of things that we worry about are outside of our control. 
So there are things that you even worrying about and trying to carry. There are things that you couldn't even change if you wanted to, but yet you still feel like you got to carry them anyways. You ever been there? And I, I think about it, and I was thinking about it yesterday. I was work, kind of putting some finishing touches on this whole thing, and I was thinking about that idea. And I thought, how smart of it is that of the enemy to get us so stressed and worried with things that are outside of our control? Because then what happens is there's no way that you can ever control it. There's no way that you can ever fix it. And so you get into this cycle, right, of, of brokenness and worry and fear going down and down and down because there's nothing you can actually do about it. So all you can do is worry about it. But when you worry about it, there's nothing you can do to fix it. So then you're just in this cyclical cycle of going over and over and over. And how much of a tool of it is it of the enemy? Because he can get you stuck in the cycle of stress and worry and fear with something that you have no power over anyways. Jesus talks about this in Luke 12. We're going to turn there together. If you got a Bible with you, we'll also have it on the screen. Luke chapter 12. And Jesus is talking in the, uh, he's given the Sermon on the Mount, one of his great sermons. And, and he's talking about how we sometimes carry worry that we are never intended to carry. And the worry that we don't have any ability to change um, the situations. And so he says this in Luke 12, verse 25. He says this. He says, can all your worries add a single moment to your life? I think that's kind of a, a gut check moment. I think it's easy for us to read that and then just go past it. But actually think about it. All the worrying that you do, does it actually change anything? Can it add a single moment to your life? Can it do anything? No, it doesn't do anything about it. And then it goes on, he says this in verse 26, and he says, if worry can't accomplish a little thing like that, he says, what's the use of worrying over bigger things? What is Jesus saying? He's saying that your worries are bigger than your ability. Your worries are bigger than your ability. So you, you only have a limited amount of ability to fix things and to change things. And he's saying, look, you don't have the ability to alter these things. So why are you worrying about them? All they do is stress you out. All they do is bring fear into their life. All they do is ruin your emotions and your feelings. All they do is do that. Why are you worrying about this? And then he goes on. I love that he goes on because if he stopped there, that would be a pretty hopeless place to be, right? If he said, look, you're worrying about things that you can't fix and you can't fix them. And then that's the it. Like that would be pretty, pretty depressing. Like that'd be a pretty bad place to be. But he goes on and here's what he goes on to say. He goes on and he says that it's beyond your ability, but it's within God's ability and God has your back. Let's read it together. Luke verse 12, or chapter 12, verse 27. He goes on, he says this. He says, look at the lilies and how they grow. He says, they don't work to make their clothing. Yet Solomon, who is the richest guy who ever lived, he said, yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautiful as they are. And he said, if God cares so wonderfully for flowers that are here today and thrown in the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have such little faith? I love this line at the end here. He says, if he cares that much about a stinking flower that's going to die at the very first frost anyways, how much will he certainly care for you? I think uh, maybe you know that, but I want to say that again. Maybe there's some of you in here this morning and you've been carrying some weight. Let me say this. God certainly cares for you. God cares about your life. God cares about your family. God cares about the thing that you've been, that it's been weighing on you. 
those things that the burdens that you've been carrying in the middle of the night that are hard, God cares about you and he cares about you. So the place that we wanna get to and the place where we find peace in our life is when we are able to rest in God's goodness. You you read this chapter and he's saying, look, worry's not gonna fix this thing. And he's saying, but if you know that God is good, that he cares even about a stinking flower, then you can rest in knowing that he's good and he's gonna care about you as well. First Peter says it the same way. First Peter 5, 7, he says this. He says, give all your worries and cares to God. He's saying, bring all these things that you're worried about, all these fears that you have, all these worries and cares, bring them and leave them with God. And then he says, why? He says, for he cares about you. And the reason why we can trust God is because he cares about you. Let me illustrate this to you a little bit on the board here this morning is this, is where we live so many times, and I would say is this, is that we live our lives here in worry, right? And that's where we are. That's where so much of our life is consumed by and that we get stuck here and worry. And the place that we wanna be and the place that we desire to get to is here, right? Which we would say is rest, We're here at worry, we carry a lot of things, but I think deep down, right, we all wanna get to a place of rest. We wanna get to a place of peace where these things that we're carrying and these things that we're bringing with us, right, we wanna get to a place where we can rest in God. And the question for today, and the question that I wanna answer for you today is what is the bridge that gets us from worry to rest? Because it's easy, it's one thing, right, to come to church and somebody say, hey, you just need to rest in God. Well, it's like, okay, but do you know the 80,000 things that are running in my brain right now? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, we can sometimes get so spiritually minded, what's the old saying? You get so spiritually minded that you're of no earthly good, and I think it could sometimes get that way where we're like, oh, yeah, just, just pray about it, just, just rest in it, it's going to be fine, and, and it's, it's difficult, right? I've been in those seats before where I hear a sermon and somebody tells me, just rest in God. And I get there and I go, okay, that's great. But how do I do that? So what I want to talk to you about today and what we're going to focus on today is what is the bridge, right, that gets us from a place of worry and rest to rest. And here's what I would present to you today is that the bridge that gets us across here from worry to rest is this simple word that's thanks. Thanksgiving, right? We're rolling into Thanksgiving. And the thing that gets us from worry to rest is Thanksgiving. And here's the reason why is this, is that when we are giving thanks, we put ourselves in a posture of dependency rather than self-sufficiency. That's a big statement. We'll, We'll walk through that for just a second. When we are put ourselves in a posture of things, we put ourselves in a posture of dependency rather than self-sufficiency, which is vital to your life because when you come to terms with your dependency on God and that you realize, I can't control all this anyways, right? I don't have full control. I know I wanna have it in my control. I wanna run everything. I want everything to be dependent on me. I wanna figure all these little things out. When you can realize that I don't actually have that self-sufficiency and I'm dependent upon God, it frees you to rest in him. Because what we do is we try to pull all these things in and feel like I've got some sort of control. I've got some sort of power that I can do all these things on my own. And when you realize that I cannot, that's when you get to a place where you can release these things of worry and leave them in God's hands. 
See, being self-sufficient, if we're honest, right, it sounds really good to us as Americans, and, and there's a lot of great things about that, right? Like I am, I'm a proud American, pull myself up by my bootstraps and we're going to run. And like, that's a great attitude to have. That's some great things and we've accomplished great things. But the detriment and the kind of the, the backside of that sometimes that can happen is that we, we apply that to everything in our lives and we feel like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm on my own. I can, I can do this. I pull myself up. And the reality is this, is that self-sufficiency is great until you run into something that you cannot handle on your own. And then, then you hit the wall and it's like, oh shoot, like I can't handle this on my own. And that's what happens in our lives. When we put all these things, right, in our bag, and we're trying to carry this, and all of a sudden the rips begin to happen when we begin to realize, oh shoot, I can't control this on my own. I don't have power over this. And then your emotions begin to rip apart. Your life begins to rip apart because you go, I don't have control over this. But rest comes into our lives when we realize that I am not self-sufficient, but I am dependent on God. And he is worthy of my trust. That I can literally take the things that I'm worried about in my life and I'll leave them in God's hands. So how do we get there, right? Once again, easy to say, but how do we do that? And here's what I would say is this, is that the way that we do this is thankfulness. The way we do this is thankfulness. And here's the reason why, is that thankfulness is a spiritual discipline that reminds us that we can trust God with our lives. When we are thankful to God and we're thankful for what he's done, we're thankful for who he is, we're thankful for how he's operated in our lives, we're thankful for what he's done, it gives us this idea and this spiritual discipline that we can trust him with our lives. Because when we are truly thankful for something, it takes the focus off of us. And what is thankfulness, right? It's thanking somebody else for who they are and what they've accomplished and what they've done for you. And what thankfulness does Right, is it pulls us out of this self-sufficient, self-focused, everything is about me and reminds me, right, that it's about God. It's not about me, but it's about him. It's not because I pulled myself out of this, but it's because he helped me. It's not that I just overcame this addiction on my own, but I'm thankful that God helped me out. It's not that I just fixed my marriage on my own, but God did a work in me, and so I'm thankful to him. And what it does is it takes me out of this attitude of it's all about me and puts it on that, no, it's about God working inside of my life. And then that's when I can get to a place of rest because I realize, hey, it's not all on me anyways. When you make a habit or a spiritual discipline of thanking God, it will put your heart in a place of trusting him. But unfortunately, here's what we do, is we are really good at Thanksgiving on this week of Thanksgiving, right? And we make it like a one-time, once-a-week thing, or once-a-year thing. Some of you, maybe you're really good, and so you, you pull it out all the way into the entire Christmas season. So you got two months that you're really thankful, and it begins to do something in your heart, but the other 10 months, you're just out there flailing, trying to get everything together on your own. And here's what I would say is this, is that it needs to be a spiritual discipline in our life. What is a spiritual discipline? It's a habit that we build into our life. And I would tell you this, is that when you can build in a habit of thankfulness into your life, it'll change your mind, change the way you perceive the world, it'll change the way you carry things, it'll change your life. If we can say, it's not just something that I do during this week, but it's something that I built into my life. Thankfulness as a discipline will, will shape your attitude 
It'll change your relationship to worry. So let me show you a few ways that it does this. I want to get practical with you because I don't want to, once again, just say, hey, it's the bridge. Now go home and be thankful. Right, but how does it actually do it? How do we actually do this thing? Let me give you a couple ways that we do this. And, and number one is this, is that we are reminded that we can trust God when we are thankful for who he is. We are reminded that we can trust God when we are thankful for who he is. The way I do this, I thank God through prayer. When I pray um, and I'm in a difficult circumstance, in a difficult situation, I'll begin to pray to God and I'll begin to thank him that he's bigger than I am that he's smarter than I am, that he's stronger than I am, that he's wiser than I am. I'll say, God, like, I thank you that um, I'm in this situation and it is out of my control. But God, I thank you that you are strong and that you are mighty. And God, that you are bigger than this situation. God, I thank you that you have it in your control even when it's outside of my control and I can't do anything about this. But God, I thank you that you are strong and that you see this and that you know what's going on and that you are stronger than this. God, and I, there's sometimes where something will just come up and, and hit me up up beside my head and I'm just like where in the world did this come from you know what I'll do is I'll go to prayer and I'll begin to thank God for who he is again I'll say God I thank you that this surprised me but that you are wise and that this did not surprise you and God I thank you that you know what's going on you see this situation God I thank you that you are bigger than this situation and I thank you that you care about me that you are in control of this thing and what that does is it begins to pull me out of my self-sufficiency self-focused attitude where it's all about me I got to pull my sack out and I'm putting these things in my sack and I'm going to have this sack that's about to tear and I turn it over to God and I say God you're bigger than I am and I need you God, I thank you that you're smarter than I am. Thank you that you're more powerful than I am. I don't know how to control this, but I know that you do. Changes everything. We begin to have that attitude. When I thank God for who he is, it gives me confidence to trust him because it reminds me how great and how mighty he is. We see this throughout the Bible. People do this all throughout the Bible. I'll give you a couple examples. Psalm 106.1, I love it. It says, give thanks to the Lord. And I love this one. He says, for he is good. You think about that. I love that just simple statement of, you know how much you can trust God if you just realize that he's good? And if you just pray, God, I thank you that you're good. And his goodness is that he, he cares about you, that he's right, that he's faithful. He's good to you. I think about how much that can change our lives because sometimes we talk about this all the time, but I think so many times pounded down on us, right, is this mentality that God is distant, that he's angry, that he's mad, that he's upset at you. No, that's not what we see in scripture at all, that, that the, the anger of God was satisfied on the cross, that, the, that everything is done, that the way that he sees you now is as a loving, is a child of God, right? And he loves you and he cares about you. Psalm 717, I think says it good. It says, I will thank the Lord because he is just. What does that mean? When you begin to realize that God is just and that he's gonna handle you well, that he's not this God who's trying to do things just for his advantage, but that he also cares about you and that he's just in the way that he operates with you and the way that he, he interacts with you, that's a big, giant deal, right? And it begins to realize it's not about me, but I can trust God because he's good, because he's just because he's strong, because he's mighty. See, when we realize how much greater God is than us, it builds our faith in him. And thankfulness, right, is the habit that gets us there. Right, we, we're in worry because it's all on me. If we wanna get to rest where it's all on God, thankfulness is the bridge that gets us there. See, putting our worries in God's hands is pointless if he's not strong enough. 
If God's not strong enough, if he's not wise enough, if he's not good enough to handle your issues, then this is all pointless, right? It's, all, it's like, okay, well then I'm not gonna put those things in God's hands. But when you realize that he is, then it changes everything. Think about it like this. Um, uh, if you don't know, does anybody in here, you know Austin and Merritt, right? Austin, Austin's sitting back there in the back and he's a man's man, he owns a wood shop, right? You love it. Sometimes he comes into church and he just smells like fresh cut cedar. It's great. Um, <laughs> But, you know, he's a man's man, has a wood shop, got all these tools, all these things. And then he's got a son named Merritt. And Merritt is awesome. And um, Merritt is about the craziest little boy you'll ever meet in your life. And I love that kid. Um, he's got the best jokes. Um, and, yeah, you should ask him about his chicken jokes sometime. It's wonderful. Um, but I love those two. And I was thinking about it this week that if I had Austin and Merritt come over to my house, Right, and I was needing to build a, uh, a a big giant like bookcase in my house, and I explained to them, okay, this is what I need to do. I need to have this bookshelf here and all this kind of stuff. If Austin looked at it and said, "All right, I'll take care of that for you. Don't worry about it," you know what I would do? I wouldn't worry about it because he's pretty good. <laughs> he's got a he's got a whole entire wood shop. That's what he does for a living. And I'd be like, "All right, it's going to get done. It's going to be good." Now, if Merritt, on the other hand, says, "Don't worry about it. I got this taken care of." I know he's got a, he carries around a Leatherman with him. I know if he's got a Leatherman, I know he's a man's man, right, with his Leatherman, but I'm still gonna worry about it when four-year-old Merritt comes up and tells me, eh, don't worry about it, right? Because the reason why is because I don't have confidence in his ability to be able to handle this, right? With Austin, I'm not worried about it. I know he's better at woodworking stuff than I am, so I can leave it in his hands and like not worry and just know it's gonna get done better than I could even do it on my own. And I'd say it's the same way with God. When you begin to realize and remind yourself, I think that's a huge part because a lot of us, we have the understanding that God is big. Like you understand that God is great. You get it in your mind. But sometimes it's the practice of actually getting there that's the difficult part. And thankfulness is the discipline that reminds us and puts it frequent in our mind. And when we're frequently thankful to God, it reminds us how great he is and says, I can rest this in your hands because you're good. You're powerful, you're mighty. The avenue to peace is remembering how God, how great God is. Like I said, this shows up in my life all the time. I have to pray this, but rest comes in our lives when we practice thankfulness for who God is because it reminds us that we can trust him with the worry that we can carry. Here's the second thing I would tell you is this, is that we are reminded that God is for us when we are thankful for how much he cares about us. Right? Not only is God great and mighty and strong, but when we are thankful for how he cares about us, it reminds us that God is for us, that he's not against us. Or that God is on your side, that he is faithful specifically for you. And that's a big deal. Here's, here's how this looks in my life. There will be times that I'll, that I'll be walking through a situation, right? And I'll just begin to pray and just say, God, I thank you that you are for me, that you're not against me. That though, even if, if things come up in my path, God, that you care about me that you sent your son to die for me because you love me so much. And God, I know how great that is. And God, I know in this specific situation, God, that you care about it, that you know what's going on and you care about my emotions, that you care about my heart, that you care about these things. What is that doing? And that thankfulness, it's reminding me how much God cares. And here's why this is so important is because it doesn't matter how mighty somebody is if they don't care about you. Right, I think about it this way. Bill Gates is loaded, 
right? Bill Gates has got all the money in the world that you would ever need. And Bill Gates could change my life for the rest of my life if he just decided to write me a check, right? Like that, that could happen and that would be great. And he's got the ability to do it because he's loaded and he's wealthy and he's got everything. So he has the ability to do it. But the frank part of it is he doesn't care about me. Like he doesn't know who I am. He doesn't like me. He doesn't care about me. So it doesn't matter how strong he is, right? It doesn't matter how much money he's got that he could write me a check. The fact of the matter is that he doesn't care about me. So his amount of money doesn't matter to my life because he doesn't even care about me. And I'd say it's this same way as I would venture to say that there are a lot of us who would acknowledge that God is strong, right? We get the idea that God is mighty. We, we believe the book. We believe that he created the world. So we know all these things. We acknowledge that God's there. We're, we're not atheists. So we, we, we believe in God. We believe that he's doing that. But yet where the breakdown comes in is, does he care about me? And you might even say like, okay, I know that he cares about me, but do you really? When you're walking through the circumstance, are you able to internalize that and say, hey, God cares about this situation. God cares about my life. I think there's a lot of us that we acknowledge God's greatness, but we doubt if he cares enough to be involved in our lives. I think that's where we go. I'll give you an example. A few years ago, um, there, was a, there was a period where I got a little nervous about my future and where we were going and what God was doing. And I know the Bible. So like I know in the word of God that it says that the steps of the righteous are ordered by the Lord, that God cares about me, that God does all these. And like, I know it. Like I got all the head knowledge. You want all the verses? I could give you all the verses. We could talk about it. And I was at a place where I knew all these things, but yet in my life, I was still carrying a lot of weight in my sack that I was never intended to carry. And I was worried about all these things in the future, worried about what happens if this happens, what happens if this doesn't happen. I wonder if I'm smart enough to do this. I wonder if I could do this. I wonder if I got enough to be able to do that. And, and goes into this snowball of worrying about my future. And I knew all the things, but in practicality, in my gut, like I was still sucking wind. And there came this period where I had to come and I had to say, God, and I, I literally began to go for these walks and I would just begin to thank God that he cares about me. Say, God I, God, I thank you that you do care about my future, that you didn't just create me by accident, but God, I thank you that you created me on purpose for a purpose. That you didn't create me just to flounder and just do things, but God, that you have something you called me to do, somebody you called me to be. And so God, I'll, God, I thank you that you have a plan for my future. Even when I don't see it, I know that you do. And what it did was it began to change my heart and it began to take the head knowledge and it was the bridge that began to apply it to my heart. It was the things that, that took me from the worry to the place of rest, that thankfulness because it began to constantly put it in my heart. And the way to gain confidence is, is not only to know God's ability, but in to know that his faithfulness is to you, that he cares about you that he cares about your life, that he cares about your situations, that he cares about your family. Like God cares about all this stuff. God cares about that emotional struggle that you've been running around with, that when you're at work, it's just running in your mind 50,000 miles an hour and it's sitting there just a weight, right? Some of you in here, you're carrying a lot of weight on your back and you came in here and it's just hard sometimes just to put it on and keep carrying on in the day. God cares about that. 
God cares about those things. And I, and I would say this, I think God is saying to you so many times, like, just give it to me. Like, I want to carry this for you. I want to take this thing for you. First Peter 5, 7, once again, what do, we, what do we read a while ago? It says, give all your worries and cares to God. Why? For he cares about you. It's not just that he's mighty. It's not just that he's strong. But it's also that he cares about you. Cares about your life. Think about it this way. The Bible repeatedly, right, over and over, talks about how God is a good father. That he's a good father. And it's not by accident that they use that language. And for some people, maybe you're in here and maybe you had a bad relationship with your father. And so maybe that's a, a hard analogy for you even to hear. But God, he even compares it and says, you know, your earthly fathers who, who are imperfect, right, who have problems. He says, I, I'm the perfect father. And he says, if, if maybe even a father who is imperfect, maybe even still wanted to give you a good gift or cared about you in some way, how much more will I as a good father Right, love you and care about you and take care of you. And I think so many times we just, we don't internalize and realize that idea of God's involvement specifically in your life. And I even think about it, I love that language of father. I think about the times that I was the least stressful in my life were those times when I was five, six, seven, eight, somewhere in there, right? And when I would ask, when I tell my dad I'm hungry, and my dad would say, okay, we'll get you something to eat. And then I wasn't worried about it some more because I knew my dad was going to take care of it. I wasn't worried about the bills. I wasn't worried about all the things that were happening. I wasn't worried about, are we going to pay our mortgage? I wasn't worried about how we were going to get moved if we were moving. I wasn't worried about all those things. You know what I was worried about was, I don't know, watching Gospel Bill on TV. I don't know. I was worried about something dumb. But, you know, I wasn't worried about all the the weight and the worries because my dad had it under control. And I'd say this to you, we got to get to that attitude. I knew in all those things that my daddy cared about me. And I'd say how much more would our lives change if we became people that just like a kid, once again, childlike faith, the Bible talks about. If we just became like those kids and just said, you know what, I trust God. I trust him with my life. There's a lot I can't carry, but I trust God because he's a, he's a good father how to change. And the way that we do that and the way that we internalize that is that we give thanks. I tell you this, maybe you're walking through a hard circumstance. Maybe you're walking through something in your life. I challenge you just to begin to pray thankfulness that, that you are a child of God and just say, God, I thank you that you are my father. I thank you that you care about me. God, I, God, I, I may be walking through this situation in my marriage and a God, I thank you that you care about me. And God, I pray that you'll just begin to change my heart, that you'll begin to work in this situation in me, that you'll begin to do it. God, I'm worried about my child in this situation. And God, I know that I don't have all the power to be able to handle this, but I'm glad that you do. And God, I'm thankful that you care about this situation and that you're involved and that you're working in this. And God, I just pray that you'll begin to show me what to do. Right, when you begin to go to him and you begin to thank him for those things, it begins to build confidence in your life. See, thankfulness for how much God cares about you moves you to a place where you can rest in his care. And that's where we've got to get to. Here's the last thing I would tell you today is this, is that when we are thankful, we are, we are reminded that God has a track record of faithfulness when we are thankful for what he has done. Right, we're thankful for who he is. Right, we're thankful for who he cares but also when we're thankful for what he's done, how it works in our life. And here's the reason why is this, is that when you are thankful for what God has done, 
it will give you confidence for what he will do. Right, when you're thankful for how he's worked in your life in the previous ways, when you're thankful for how he's shown up in your life in previous, it gives you confidence in what he will be able to do because you've seen a track record of what he's done before. There's an old saying, right, that goes, actions speak louder than words. Right, and the idea is that because I, I've seen God's actions, I know who he is, I know that I can trust him with my future because I've trusted and I've seen where he's worked inside of my past. Because there's nothing that confirms somebody's character more than demonstration, right? When somebody shows you how they're, they're faithful and shows you how they're trustworthy, that changes everything. Thinking about my life, Casey does not trust me much because um, I have not demonstrated sometimes in my life that I am not faithful when she tries to send me to the grocery store. Because I have these grand ideas Right, that I'm gonna to go to the grocery store and she'll send me for one thing and I'll come back with about 82 other things and never the thing that she sent me for. And so, like, she'll have to send me text because there's this one time where she literally sent me to the store and she wanted me to get, I think it was pecans, is what you wanted me to get. And so I went to the store and so, I, I, you know, I'm a, I'm a meander, you know, I'll walk around the store. I like, like, I don't like the go pick it up thing. I like, to, I like to look around. So I was walking around the store and I came across the meat aisle and there was, this, um, there was this sign that said ground beef, $1.99 a pound. And I thought, well, this is an amazing deal. And so I like started, like I went and got a cart and I started loading up like just these big old tubes. Like, I mean, literally, I, we had just gotten a giant freezer. So I was also trying to load this thing up. And so like I piled up this cart full of ground beef and I rolled it up to the front. The little checker girl thought I was crazy as I'm just unloading pounds and pounds of ground beef. And I got home and it was in like these bigger containers. And so they, I like started cutting it down and I was putting it into like little pound sized things and putting it in Ziploc bags to do it. And so like we got ground beef everywhere around the house. It was on the thing. I think it was in my hair, like ground beef, just like we we're up to our elbows and it was great. And so Casey came out from the bedroom and she comes in and she's a nice wife. So she sees this big desolate scene and she doesn't say, what in the world are you doing? Cause she's nice enough to me. But the only thing she said is, where'd you put the pecans? <laughs> and in that moment, I realized <laughs> that I had no pecans. And I, so I was like, hey, let me wash up. I'm going to run back to the store real fast. <laughs> and I'd like to say that that's a one-time instance, but that happens on a regular occasion sometimes when she sends me to the store because I like to go and I just look around at things and I do all this. And so when Casey sends me to the store, I have demonstrated that she cannot trust me at all. But right, when Casey's on the other hand, she is like super trustworthy. If I, she is like a woman on a mission when she goes into Walmart. And so like, I'll tell her, I'll say, hey, I need this thing. And she's in, she's out. And never once has she ever forgotten to get the thing that I told her to go get. And she's awesome like that. She's, she does it. And you know what's interesting is when I tell her, hey, I need this thing. I don't worry about it again. Because I know that I told her and I know within the next hour, it's gonna be at the house. And I don't have to worry about that thing one more time. And I'd say that's, a, that's the idea of when somebody has demonstrated their character, how you can trust them. And so her character, right? I know she's going to do it. I know it's going to show up. And I don't have to worry about it anymore. And it's the same way with God. When we remember God's faithfulness in the past and his demonstrated character that he's never left us, that he's never forsaken us, that he's walked with us through this all, and we see what he's done with us in our lives. It gives us confidence in our future because we've seen how he's been faithful in our past. 
So when you're thankful for what God has done in your life, it moves you to peace because it reminds you that he has demonstrated his faithfulness. Not just talk, right? It's not just belief, not from somebody else that somebody else said that God would do, but it's what God has done for me. When you remember that he delivered you from addiction in the past, gives you confidence that the things that you're walking through right now, that he's gonna be faithful in the future. When he walked with you through loss, maybe a relationship or, or a family member, something that you lost in your life and that God didn't leave you in that, but he walked you through that. And that even in those valleys that you walked through, that he was there, man, how you can have confidence in the future that no matter what goes on, that God's still gonna be there. Right, when he didn't leave you in your depression, that he wasn't just the God of the, of the mountaintops, but that he was also the God of the valley. And that in that valley that he walked that out with you, that gives you confidence that I can, whatever comes, I'm gonna be all right. Doesn't matter, bring it on, I'm gonna be okay because I know that God has always been with me, that he's always stood by me, that he's walked with me through every difficult thing and I can take on whatever comes at me because I know that I got a God who is mighty, who cares about me and that he's always been on my side and I know that he will be in the future. That's the difference. We are thankful and we make thankfulness a discipline where we remember that and we put that into our, our either in our lives and that it's constantly in us that we're thanking God regularly in our life that it just becomes a part of who we are. That's when you begin to go from a person of worry to a person of rest because it's just built inside of you that I can trust God because he's good, because he's faithful, because he cares about me. Because he's been faithful in the past and he's gonna be faithful in the future. So here's the thing, thanksgiving for what God has done keeps you out of a place of blind faith and puts your hope in his demonstrated character. One of the things I hate sometimes is when I hear people have that statement a lot of times of blind faith. You just gotta have blind faith, just blind faith in God. That's what it's all about. We are, we are not a religion about blind faith at all. Right, we're, we're not at this thing where we're going like, there may be some guy in heaven and he maybe exists and so I'm just gonna blindly put faith in him because I don't know what else to do. And so, no, what do we know? We know, we know what he says. We felt him in our lives. We've seen him walk through with us. We've seen how he's operated in other people's lives. Like we've seen God in our lives and in the world and we've seen him in our hearts. We've seen what he can do. We, we've seen his word. And so it's not this blind faith where we go, well, maybe God will do something, but it's where we come and say, God, we know who you are. We know what you can do. We know that you care about us. We've seen you work in the past. And so we, we're trusting in who you are in your demonstrated character. Because I don't, I don't want to be at a place of just blind faith where I just put some random faith in something. But man, I trust in God who is faithful, who's shown throughout the world that he's good. Paul talks about this. He talks about in the natural world that even just walking through the world, you can see God's handiwork. What is that? That means you're not blind faith. You can see where God has moved, what God has created, what God has done. That's when things change. If you're stuck in your life, trying to hold on to too much in your life and you're having a hard time giving it to God, if you will begin to thank him for what he's done, it will bring you peace in your present circumstance. And you begin to thank him. Make that a habit. So here's my challenge to you today. So we kind of begin to this part of wrapping up is this. Giving God thanks will change your life. But too many times we relegate it to a once a year thing 
or just in a season. We're really good at it when we're sitting around the Thanksgiving table and, and the person at the head of the table or somebody says, hey, let's all go around the table and say something that we're thankful about. Right? And we're good at it at that moment. We can come up with something then. We're good at it at Christmas when we watch a really sad movie. Right? And you go, oh, God has worked in my life. But I tell you, we've got to build it into the regular part of our life as a spiritual discipline and a habit. And I believe, and I I full-heartedly believe this, that if you will do that, it'll change your life, change your heart, change your emotions. So when we relegate it to a season, what it's like, it's like having blood pressure medicine and like you got high blood pressure and then all of a sudden you say, okay, I got blood pressure medicine. I'm going to take this pill once a year. How many know that's not going to work real well for you? Like for that, for that day, it's going to work real well. And then the other 364 days, you're going to end up having a stroke and dying. Like it's not going to be good. But it's something that you do regularly. And what does it do? It regulates your body. Regulates your blood flow. I'd say this. Thanksgiving is a thing that regulates your heart. Regulates your emotions. Uh, so bluntly, here would be my thing to you today. If you're at a place of worry... And it's just ruling in your life. And I'll say this, there's been seasons of my life where, where that's been the thing for me and the struggle that I've walked through. Maybe you're there today. I'd say this, begin to build this into your life and it'll change your heart and emotions. And then I'd also say it this way, maybe you're at like a season where, where things are kind of trucking along and things aren't so bad right now and you're not really worried about much. And I'd say this, if you will build this into your life as a habit now, Right, it's kind of like taking a preventative medicine right, where you begin to build it into your life. And when things come, when life comes, you've already got that immune system built up that says, it doesn't matter what happens, and I'm going to rest in God because I know who he is. I know that he's faithful. I know that he cares about me. And I know that he's worked in my life in the past. If you want to make peace and rest in your life a permanent fixture, not just something that pops up sometimes, then Thanksgiving needs to be a habit, not a special occasion. Let me read you one last verse that encapsulates all of this. And we'll end out with this verse that I think is so helpful. Paul says it this way, Philippians 4, 6 through 7. He says this, he says, don't worry about anything. That's a a hard one to swallow, right? But how many of you want to be there? You want to be at a place where you can say, I'm not worried about anything. I'm walking in God's peace. I'm walking in God's rest. He says, don't worry about anything, but he says, instead, pray about everything. He says, tell God what you need. You're bringing your worries. You're bringing your fears. You're bringing your things to God. You're laying them in his hands. And then what does he say? And thank him for all that he has done. Right, this idea of thankfulness. You tell God what you need and then you thank him so that way you remember who he is. And then it says, then, everybody say then then you will experience God's peace. God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. I'd I'd ask you this, how many of you need some of God's peace in your life? The peace that we bring into our lives is pretty shallow, right? We, we We can put it in, we can mask some things for a brief period of time with peace that we've created, but there's always something deeper. But God's peace I love the way that he says this, which exceeds anything we can understand, which means you may be walking through a middle of a difficulty and the world would say, there is no possible way for you to have peace in this. Why do you have peace? It's because you've moved from worry to resting in a God who is good, who is faithful, who is strong and who cares about you.
That's what happens. That's the kind of peace that I want. That's the kind of peace that changes your life. That's the kind of peace that changes your kids. That's the kind of peace that changes everything. And I love this. It says, peace, it says, his peace will guard your hearts and your minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And it's not an accident that he says those two words, right? He guards your hearts, your emotions, your feelings, guard your mind, guard your emotions, your thoughts. This is, a, this is the kind of peace that will guard your heart and your mind. And I'd say this to you this morning. I think there are a lot of us in here who need that kind of peace in our lives. And I love in this verse, Philippians 4, 6, where Paul starts out, he says, don't worry about anything, which tells me this, that it's possible. God isn't mean. He doesn't command you to do something that he's not also going to empower you to be able to do. But if he commands us to do it, it means the Holy Spirit can come into our hearts and work in our lives. So if you need that type of peace this morning, I believe that God has that to offer. Amen? Bow your head, close your eyes. I want to pray for you this morning. God, we thank you this morning that you are faithful. God, we thank you this morning that you are good. And um, God, we thank you that there are a lot of things that we are carrying that we were never created or never intended to carry. But that you care about us and that we can leave them in your hands. God, I pray for the person in this room today that feels like that sack that's getting pulled apart. Feels like they're just about to dump it all out because they don't know how to carry on with the weight that they're carrying. God, we thank you that you are good and that in your word says that you are faithful, that you carry our burdens, that we can give our cares and our worries to you because you care about us. So we trust you with it. God, we thank you that you are strong, that you are mighty, that you are worthy. God, we thank you for that circumstance that we're walking through right now, that you saw it coming, that you are not surprised, that you are not caught off guard. That you have a plan in this, and God, we thank you that you are wise enough to walk us through this, and that you are faithful, and that you care about us, and that you will walk through us with it. God, we thank you for everything that you've done for us in the past. The times that you brought us through, the things that you freed us from. And God, we thank you that we can trust you right now with what we're carrying because you're good. Thank you for that this morning. We turn it over to you. In Jesus' name, amen.